Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So, hey, everybody, I have um, a woman who has so many different talents, actually. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what we talk about because she's just developed a very unique niche in life, in the world, in being of service to not only people, but animals. And she's written an amazing book called Emotional Freedom Technique for Animals and Their Humans. So I want to welcome Joan Ranquit. Joan, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. So I have to say, I, I have used, I'm not trained in EFT, mm. uh, but I've, I learned how to do it. And I used it um, when I was going through a, a, a horrible divorce. So that I could neutralize, yeah. So I could neutralize the the anxiety or the fear or the anger. You know, I I would be driving down the road, karate chopping my hand, uh, just to get just so I could get calm enough to make uh, better choices or to hear what I needed to hear. You know, all that stuff. So this is your book is amazing to me, and uh, and everybody is so full. You've done such a phenomenal job with being specific with this, with what you have in the book that I now, I have two dogs and um, I can, I, I can go into the book and find sections specific to what I need, I want to work on with my animals. So Joan, could you explain first um, what EFT is and then how you translated it to working with animals? Yeah, and I want to say that Adam, during my divorce, I felt like I had black eyes because I. I know. know. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. scary. Away from it. But, but also, this just uh, doing this was helpful. Yeah, totally. And what you said about making better decisions is what we want animals to do as well. So, what is EFT? So, first of all, I started out as an animal communicator, and I just wanted to preface that because it. Um, and I am still an animal communicator, but you know I've seen so many challenges with um, people and their animals, and it's no fault to the human or the animal. It's just you know it's like any relationship; it gets it can get messy. So, or you know, a dog has a certain need and the person doesn't understand it, or vice versa. So, what I found was uh, so when I discovered EFT. I realized this would be so powerful, but I don't know how to apply it. So what EFT is, emotional freedom technique or tapping, is um, tapping on a series of points, acupressure points, and each of these points are connected to meridians, and those meridians are connected to organ systems. And in Chinese medicine, they believe that each organ holds um, an emotional value, if you will. So you're tapping into each of the chosen points are very calming points. You know, if you look at acupressure or acupuncture, um, 
you know, there's some points are to tonify, some are to to electrify, some are to calm. Each of these points are calming points. And so being able to then tell a tough story and be able to not be triggered by it is, you know, you, you're not going to forget what happened if you have a traumatic event. You're not going to forget it, but you're not going to be as triggered or it's not going to hold the same emotional value that, you know, it once did when you're all charged up or right. right. Hence the freedom in the title, emotional yeah. freedom. Yeah. 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 So one of the things you said, uh, just, uh, sorry, I'm going to jump around, Joan. But yeah. uh, when you said, you, so communicating human to animal, in your book, you talk about that um, humans often see the animal and the whatever behavior and want of behavior they're exhibiting through their own eyes, you know, through through a human lens of and perspective. And, and animals have a very different lens than we do. Yeah. And uh, I mean, a perfect example is how they greet each other, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, hell no. I don't ever want to well, greet somebody like that. Start there, right? But, uh, <laughs> and that's a great to them. Um, and other ways that, you know, that we um, just, that they go out. I mean, Mike, oh my God, my dog just, she really wants to get to the cat, but she'll take me anyway. Yeah. Did you, is that a healer? She's, dog uh, a healer? she's um, Kelpie, a little bit Border Collie, and then a little bit um, Italian Greyhound. Oh, my goodness. She's gorgeous. Yeah, thank you. Um, so anyway, like, for example, um, my friend that works with me, her dog was over here yesterday, and we worked on the dog in a class. And... Um, then she left. And when we worked on the dog, I moved all my dogs out of here. My cats were around, but my dogs were out of here. My dogs come in and they, they don't have to see her. They're going to sit and smell like, oh, she sat here. And then she sat here. I can't believe. Look at, she must have laid down all the way on the <laughs> Right? Like, you could just see them thinking like, they know exactly what she did. Everything that... um Every single thing that she did, they 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 smelled it. They smelled the whole story. So we can't expect them to feel guilty about going to the garbage, right? It's that, never. Gonna that's part of their uh, their innate curiosity, right? And it yeah. So, so we just trained our. We have a, a one year old puppy who's three quarters Aussie, one quarter healer, and oh, all. I love. Oh, I, my gosh. Well, I, it, the way I've, I used to have Sheltie, I mean, I still have one Sheltie. She's five. But the way I was training my Shelties did not work for this puppy. He was just beyond my ken, you know? So we took him to a training uh, camp um, where we got to learn how to deal with him and his behavior. And one of the things the trainers kept saying when you walk, it's, you need to know they're he, he needs to know he's working. Well, you know that the walk is is work. He has to behave and do all the different thingies. Well, what I've learned is with him and my Sheltie is the first thing out of the door is I give them freedom to smell. They smell everything. 
you know, I just smell, smell. And then we walk for a while and then I give them freedom to smell on the grass at another place, but not, it's not a cop. They don't get to smell at every pit stop that every <laughs> other dog has been at. Yeah. They're not. But bad. I think it calms them down to go, okay, this is where we live. We know we live here. And this is what just, these are the things that just walk through my yard. Okay. Okay. Now let's go for a walk. Let's see what else we can find. And it, it, made it more fun uh, instead of me trying to control them, you know, yeah. to give them their space to be who they are. Well, and, you know, otherwise, well, I would say that the first six months for me anyway, but I end up with really good dogs. I feel like my mantra is no, leave it, leave <laughs> it, no. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then, okay, okay, that behavior is okay. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, so part of the reason, so let's talk about specifically, uh, emotional freedom technique with dogs and, um, unwanted behaviors, because you, in the book, you list several reasons why dogs would behave a certain way, you know, from tr previous trauma, from boredom, from you know, whatever, you name it, and how, how, uh, we discern what the, what it is that they're trying to I want to know what what are they trying to express Joan how you know I I listen intuitively to my both my dogs but sometimes I just don't get what it is yeah no I I mean and that's the thing is we're too close to it yes we're too close to it and so um it's important you know it's important to to have um kind of you know, like the trainer's perspective or the animal communicator, you know, being as neutral as they can be and really coming up with it. But, um, you know, I think that the, it, they're just expressing their experience, right? And it's got to fall into what we think is okay in our household. Yeah. And we, we have to come to an agreement about what we feel the rules are here, you know? Yeah. So, it, it is a matter of kind of if more humans had a better understanding of why and what animals do what they do, like you finding that that beautiful, um, you know, sort of blend of this is your smell time and this is a working time. And I do something very similar. So I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, that that it's that. The more we know about them, that we actually know about them and not in relationship to us, we wouldn't have a genocide in the shelters. Oh, yeah. Right now, the euthanization rate of shelters is off, is off the chain. Yeah. It, because people don't understand and they just think, oh, and they also don't understand the shelter system that everybody seems to have this throwaway idea right now. But so the more we understand, you know, did did your dog poop in the house because it was the one accident or was it, you know, do they do they really just not get it or are they really, um, you know, reacting to something and they just couldn't help themselves, you know? Right. Nope. And they can't nope. and they can't tell you. Right. Well, they can tell me. Right. Right. Um, so. But this is also. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, everybody, I believe everyone's an animal communicator. So on some level, when we get out of what we hope it is, we could get really quiet and understand. 
but sometimes that takes some training, but it's, it's worth, you know, that's why I have a school, but it is worth even just listening really quietly. And I have some exercises in the book to do that. Yes. Which are, are fabulous, everybody. I mean, uh, and, and, um, your explanation of the meridian points, the tapping points and what they're, what, um, the different organs and things they're associated with. I had never heard of that or seen that. I do. I go to acupuncture all the time and she tells me, oh, and this is for your whatever. Your liver. Like, right. Yeah. Whatever. But, um, but this was really helpful. Like, you know, like I have a dog who gets herself in such a tizzy. She's got IBS, you know, okay. and I'm like, well, who, why, you know? So this is, this is, um, the rating points and the, what they're attached to is is really helpful to me. So let's talk about. Um, okay, I want to know how do you get, how do you tap on an animal? How do you do that? Well, how do you make the animal? How can I get my puppy to sit still so I can tap on him? I'm gonna. Do you lend a little work? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the tail is so fun. So I don't start, usually I've done an animal communication session before I start tapping, right? But let's say, like, for example, she didn't go on the hike this morning because she does not. I hike several days out the door, but Thursdays I go to a park called Vasquez Rocks, and I go early before crowds get there, and she does not like the car. She So let's say, um, and I know I personally know um that she was she had flown down in a small airplane at like 10 weeks old and it was just loud so if i were going to tap on her in hopes of like my intention would be that eventually she'd feel safe in the car i would probably be like i was so scared i was so scared I was so scared. I was so alone. I was in the back of that plane. I was so scared. And I was really sad to leave my family. I was sad. I was sad. I was sad. And I was scared. And I was scared. I was scared. I was scared and I just took a deep breath and sometimes I feel like we intuit where there, even if she looks kind of stoic, I intuit that that was a big release for her. So now I would move on in the sequence and say, but I have a great family now. I have a great family now. I am super happy. I'm really happy. It was worth getting in the plane. Mm -hmm. Happy. I am so happy now. And I feel safe no matter where I am. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. <laughs> I'm always safe. And I am safe. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So when there be, so like, uh, so when I'm just going to talk about dogs, I know you deal with lots of different animals, horses, mm -hmm. cats. It, um, but so like when my uh, Sheltie is triggered by noise, that's uh, 
previous owner things. Um, it's she, I cannot corral her to, you know, she runs away because she's on alert and she's just gone. Yeah. Her alert, she's yeah. gone. And, uh, so how do I, I mean, it takes a while for me to catch her, you know, and sit with her. Um, well, what I have, like, I have, uh, um, I have a, a YouTube video um, for fireworks. And oh, you might just follow along on that and do it when she's not triggered. Okay. That's actually, so that's being proactive. Right. And then uh-huh. what happens is she may come to you then because this feels good, right? Like uh-huh. there's do and she's, processing she's still processing that um so it feels good she feels more calm if you do it like you know if you just follow along with the youtube video or make a script that i'm kind of uh-huh. that in there but the first few times maybe just follow along on the youtube video because that's easy and then you get the hang of it and then um we've got flies i live with horses so sometimes reapplies in the house don't we anyway um <laughs> uh she'll start she may some of the people when you read the comments on the youtube video that people say my dog actually came over to me once the fireworks started but it works okay. and any loud noises so okay awesome so t- let's talk about the script because um I know for me, I when I'm tapping for on me, for me, I I I start telling my story, you know, by tapping on the karate chopping the hand exactly. and everything else. And I know when it's it's right to change. But so why is a script important or or the words when you're tapping on an animal? The the most important thing about the script really is getting to the emotion. I always say it's not great script writing freedom technique. It's not great intellectual freedom technique. It's really just about, like like you said, with the karate chop point, I tell my story and then I tend to, on the um, actual acupressure points, and this is a point too, this is kind of the aspirin point. It feels good. Um, these other points, um, I use for more of the emotion of the story. If you saw, I did, I was scared, I was sad. You know, now I'm right. safe. So right. I stay very simple with the emotions once I get to the points. And I don't do a karate chop point because, I mean, I can sit and do that on her, but not every dog would let me do that, right? Right. Or touch their feet. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like taking the time to write the script, even just writing the notes out, just where you want to go with it, what your intention is, um, what you hope the perfect outcome is. Um, all of those things are almost the same thing as doing a karate chop point and telling the story. Okay. In session, so to speak. Okay. And so everybody, um, if you're just listening to this, what Joe is talking about are the acupressure points on the face going down to the collarbone. Um, and, and as the story shifts, and you're moving into neutrality and then intention, I can let this go or, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, the, the outcome, um, the, the karate chop is not as necessary as just doing, going through the acupuncture, acupressure points. Right. Right. 
Right. So the karate chops for the story, everybody, and the rest of it is to get yourself healthy emotionally and free from that crapola. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, um, so then, Joan, let's talk about um, let's go back to the shelters because I know lots of people are their their humane intention, humanitarian humane intention is to find a, a shelter animal so they can be rescued. But oftentimes, um, those 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 animals, not because they're bad animals, but because they've been traumatized when they get to a new home. So we were looking for our second dog, and we looked through a, a shelter, really, the um, I forget, ASAP, I think it's called. Yes, CP, yeah. the... SPCA. Right. And um and we found this beautiful um husky. He was he was four and a half. He and so I said, what is the story? And so this poor dog had been um taken home as a puppy uh with by a young couple and both of them worked. And so the puppy and he was like German Shepherd and he might have been healer, I don't know. He was a combo pack. And um, so he was home alone and bored. So, of course, he's right around teething on furniture, chewing on furniture. So they came home and they saw that. And it's like, oh, my God, this dog can't behave. We And they couldn't get him to they couldn't break that. Right. Well, they weren't home to break it. Right. So they returned the animal. Another family adopted him and he started getting they'd put him in the backyard just leave him in the backyard when they would go someplace and he would jump the fence because he's that smart of a, you know right i i got a fence jumper now and um and and then the people would find him in the street and so that family returned him because he's he we can't get him to stop jumping the fence he just wants to escape you know it's their perspective so the he got adopted by a third family. So you see this whole abandonment. The poor thing has abandonment issues. I I don't want so now he's staying at the shelter. He's comfy cozy there because he's gone to so many new homes. So how do you this this seems like this would be the best tool when you bring home a rescue so that you can integrate them into your home life. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm gonna back way up with the whole. So I actually have a whole shelter curriculum, Ooh. which I'll talk about in a moment. But let's take that dog for example. So it, you know, it it's it's simply pure grief and confusion when they're in the shelter, right? They're mm -hmm. grief and confusion. That even if we were to say, oh, this animal was taken from a hoarding case and we think it's bad. And again, this is our lens. We think that hoarding situation is terrible. They're living in their feces. Again, they smell each other's butts and poop. They don't care right. if they're living. Right. It bothers us. Right. And they were with their family. So now you take that dog out of there, you think you're the big hero. But the truth is that dog is still grieving the animal, the family, animal and human family that they were once with. So I, I you know, w with the exception of um, 
um, the bait dogs, I fundamentally believe that people are doing the best they can. Yeah. Right. I really do believe that. Like, unfortunately, that couple, that first couple didn't have the education to, you know, I mean, you could put the dog in a crate for a while. You could have a dog walker come. You could go to a dog. There's 65,000 solutions that weren't approached. Instead, they said, this is a bad dog. So he would be very confused about what's appropriate. It would never be appropriate to throw a dog out to the backyard when you're not home, right? Like, this is what we don't, they like dens. They like small spaces. They like, you know, like, um, I did have crates in my bedroom, but the feng shui lady's coming over. So I know she's going to say, you'll never get my friend. (laughs) Yeah, we we're create we create our uh, our puppy, you know, and he's comfortable. So sometimes I'll be looking, where is he in the house? Because I let him, he, you know, I trust him now. He's not destroying p- my pillows, but um, and I'll go look for him, and he's in one of the crates. We have one in our bedroom and one downstairs, and he's comfortable there. He's happy there. Yeah. So this is the thing: people don't realize how much animals love structure. There's mm-hmm. structure in with a coyote pack, right? You're doing this job. I'm doing this job. I'm doing this job. There's three puppies. They get to just play till they grow up and they either then leave or stay with the pack, right? But they have to have a job or a purpose in that pack. Same with wolves, you know? And uh, I've been, I take people on wildlife trips and I, I see, I see wild dogs and they all do, you know, like I saw wild dogs in India in Ranthambore and you know it's the say there's a hierarchy and there's a function and purpose so that's what nobody put that together with that beautiful guy right. who's free home so you know um, and I don't I I don't create as much now but I can say kind of up they'll probably all run to the bedroom now but they go into the bed. <laughs> And I can put, you know, if I had to separate them, I could put one in the bathroom and two in the bedroom. But I have ways of, and they like their alone time. They like their little, like, I'm just going to be over here time. So, um, unfortunately, that's, that dog is a perfect example of how we don't know dogs. Right. Right. And especially if he's being handed off and handing off. Thank God that the, the shelter he's at, they kept... Uh, records of his story you know so they they understood him better than if they he got adopted seriously kind of sad yeah. but um and then in the shelter so the shelter curriculum that i've created is for some of the staff and volunteers to move through because they have compassion fatigue and they just sort of have to turn turn tune out um, I have a school for animal communication and we have our advanced 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 studies are are working with animals that um, have um, you know are either in sanctuaries, zoos, wildlife centers, shelters, rescues have been um, tested on or are performing even animals that are in commercials like we, we so we have some fun, you know, poodles that know Miley Cyrus or, you know what I mean? So we've got, we've got, it's a variety, but it, 
it's a it's way advanced because some of it's life or death, like with the rescue and shelter mm -hmm. animals. And yesterday on the call, you know, I came on to do q and A. I, I teach one of my teachers teaches a class. You know, two people outside of the school. You know, in addition to being in the school and wanting to be the best animal communicators on the planet, they they rest, they work at, uh, they volunteer at rescues and. Um, one woman said six dogs had been euthanized that morning in, in Atlanta and the other woman in Michigan said two were at the shelter she's at. So it's like this, what people see and then have to carry on and the intake like that. So tapping, you know, we helped a lot of people with some of the trauma of that. And then um, we did a pilot project in Michigan and it was very powerful. And almost all of the animals were pretty immediately adopted. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So then do you encourage the adopt uh, the people that adopted an animal um, to learn uh, emotional freedom techniques so they can help in the transition of moving into their home? Well, I wanted to get the book into shelters, um, and I still need to do that because that would be the, I think it would be great. I, I know that they told people, but you know, there's so I'm, I would have to, I think, formalize that as a next step, you know? Um, and that's it, you know, we need, we need more structure around that, um, of what happens afterwards. But yeah, I would love it if people were tapping at home once they got their animal home. Yeah, it just makes sense to me that it would make it easier for the entire household. Because even the best, most well-perfect behaved animal is grieving something. And mm -hmm. was shocked they were in there and is confused. I mean, this we know. You know, if we just tapped on those three emotions, you're going to have a different animal. You're going to have an animal that's more open and the very first thing you said neutral and able to make better decisions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I didn't even realize the grief component. Uh, when we brought our puppy home, he, I mean, he was in a happy pack, happy pack. I, they didn't, you know, they were all, they had to be laying on each other all the time, you know? And, um, and when he was first with us, he would, if I left the room, he was just so anxious and devastated, you know? So, um, and now, even now, after being in a happy pack, he uh, he has to walk on us. He has to sit on us. He has to have one part of his body touching somebody, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's my other dog or us, because that is his, that's yeah. how he connected when he was little. So, and, I, and we're okay with that. Um, you know, it's our, our house sitter was like, well, he's walking all over me. He doesn't know boundaries. I was like, are we bad parents? But it, it gives him comfort and it gives us comfort, to be honest, yeah. too. Yeah, because he feels safe and, and loved and it, yeah. <laughs> um, so emotional freedom technique, you know, you've used it on horses as well. And so everybody, Joan has some really good stories in here of of how she helped. She's got um uh suggestions for scripts on how you know to get you started there's there's how to heal um 
lameness and um, other other situations that you know the physical stuff that you the animal can't express to you. Um, I just love it. I am so grateful this book came across my desk. Thank you. No, thank you, really, Joan. Thank you for writing it because um, it's actually I have three friends I know I'm going to send it to. One's a horse woman. She's a trainer. And um, I'm going to send it to her and my and my daughter-in-law, who is volunteering at the shelter as we speak. So, I, yeah. I can get you signed copies. I live close enough. Oh, that would be fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So, everybody, the, um, the book is Emotional Freedom Techniques for Animals and Their Humans. And um, Joan has a website. It's Joan Ranquette. R-A-N-Q-U-E-T dot com. And you get to see everything she's doing. Plus her courses are there. Um, she has some self-guided courses too, right? Which I was looking, I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to do that too. Uh, and plus all the other books she's written. You've, you've got what, two, three others? Yeah, I've got uh, Communication with Ally, and Energy Healing for Animals, and it was their birthday yesterday, or wait, two days oh. ago. Yeah. Aw, they, cool. Yeah. So they both came out over one in 2007, one in 2015. And yeah. So, and then I've got another ebook that's more geared for if you want to be an animal communicator. And that's awesome too, because like you said earlier, anybody can do that. You just have to tune in, right? Absolutely. And listen from a, a different uh, perspective. Yeah. yeah, just really getting neutral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is such a um, important place um, to be, and and I think that's you know going back to the whole rescue situation is people get into it because they love the animals so much, and then we we just get so hurt, you know, so yeah. crushed by what goes yeah. on. And if if people can get into a more neutral place, even there you know, they can see through situations and not feel sorry for animals and just help them be them, their best self. Yeah. And that that's like a, a great statement for the world right now and what we're going through, you know, yeah. and, and even being neutral in your own home, I have to watch myself when, if I turn on the television and I get triggered by the news, which I do not watch anymore, but I have to watch my triggers because my my dogs are so connected to me that they start getting all angst and upset and you know and they don't know why i'm upset you know that so it just seems so uh necessary right now for for us to calm down for the animals to feel safe and calm and and just move forward uh as a collective in humanity yeah. and and the world and that includes all the wildlife and animals yeah. Flora, fauna, mineral stone. Exactly. Exactly. You said that, Joan, and I just felt the vibration of all of them. Oh, yeah. Wow. Cool. Um, all right. Well, thank you for joining me today. Thank you again for um, putting all your wisdom into this book because I think um, it's, I know it's going to help me. I, have, you know, and that's really all I care about. Is it going to work for me? <laughs> So anyway, thanks, Joan, so much for Thank being who you. you are and so stepping fun. into it. Uh, you're actually an inspiration, I, I believe, because 
um, there's so many people that could learn from your wisdom. So thank you. Thank you. And so I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.